Since October 2012, Glyn Vivian Art Gallery has been running an artist-in-residence programme at our off-site base at the YMCA Swansea. The artist-in-residence programme is an opportunity for the community to engage with an artist, offering the artist time for reflection, research and collaboration. San Andrea was selected to be the Glyn Vivian off-site artist-in-residence from May to June 2014. This episode is an excerpt from her talk where Zan discussed her practice and working methods. So first of all, I guess I'll just say uh, my practice generally explores the relationship between power, politics, history and memory and often sort of considers the role of illusion, authenticity and the manipulation of perception. My work is very process-based. It sort of often takes the form of assemblage installations where items are sort of continuously arranged, layered, and edited. And this work in particular, um, I was really interested in where and how history and memory overlaps and the sort of filters with which we see the past through. I was particularly interested in cultural memory and uh, I suppose how events are remembered between generations and how also Hollywood, I guess, corrupts or distorts our view of particular events and how things are remembered. History in general is not really a fixed thing, it's really fluid. Um, It's basically an interpretation of facts and I suppose with um, the arrangements I was making then, um, I was continuously using a lot of the same objects and uh, making different arrangements with them so it was kind of this Uh, way of mirroring that, I suppose, Um, the fluidity with which I was, the objects with which I was working with. The objects on the right, most of those were fabric, so they were digitally printed onto fabric uh, and then sewed up and stuffed. (laughs) And um, the Hitler doll was, the dead Hitler doll was made out of uh, nylons and felt and Google eyes. Um, and this in particular, the Alfred Hitchcock was a, uh, I, think it was, I think they were just photocopies actually, a couple of photocopies I put together on foam board, cut it out and was resting them against things. Um, and then these were just cardboard boxes with post-it notes that I had painted. Um, and then again, the backdrop was um, an image from a book that uh, was people foraging in Berlin after, directly after the war, foraging for food. So I've got a little quote here that I'd written about this work in particular that I think kind of sums it up. Uh, the restaging of images embodies the theatricality through which we view the past and also provides a context to how we exist in the present. The objects act as stand-ins or props for absent actors Their implied theatricality alludes to both the artifice of performance, art, and imagery, and the artifice contained in creating history after the event. Yeah, this idea of theatricality in the gallery as a stage, and and then again also um, props or the objects continuously being moved around to tell a story became really important to me. Um, This is my newer work. Most of this was done during either during my MA at Bath or just immediately afterwards. 
And um, again, it's very process-based, still using a lot of images, um, not always, but often. Um, and this newer body of work, I became really interested in this idea of precariousness or precarity, um, thinking of this idea of precarity as a mirror of the instabilities that we're currently in at the moment, I suppose. Um, economic precarity, protest riots, disillusionment, sort of governmental collapse, and um, the sort of, sort of uh, current and pervasive global anxieties. Um, so I tend to get my images from different from different places. So I mean, they're all uh, often historical, or at least they have been. Um, I kind of pick and choose from different things, and uh, I tend to just go with what grabs me, and at first I don't often know exactly what it is that I'm interested in, and I have to sort of put it in a, I guess like in an image bank, and then I flip through as I'm also collecting objects at the same time, and then again just kind of continuously arrange things. Sometimes I make things, and the titles as well, they tend to come from um, from different places, uh, particularly things I've been reading, books I've collected along the same lines. I'm, I may not necessarily know why I've collected a certain book or something, but um, it struck me for some reason, and I sort of collect texts and quotes in much in the same way that I collect objects and images, and then it, they very much get arranged until something sort of fits or um, kind of clicks together. It's a certain uh, codifying I'm interested in, I guess. Uh, metaphors, symbols, signs. Um, I'm interested in playing with the subconscious and material associations, sort of considering how we negotiate and conjure meanings between image, object, color, form, and material. This particular image I wanted to show, I suppose, as a way of kind of acting as a bit of insight into my process. I had collected this image. Um, I can't remember where I first saw it, but I think it was circulating on the internet with these quotes, you know, like these um, that memes that you often see that kind of get repeated and circulated on, on Facebook and things like that with particular quotes. Um, and the image itself really struck me. Um, so it's Ronald Reagan uh, visiting with uh, members of the Mujahideen, which were, which was a precursor to the Taliban, um, they're in the White House discussing the Soviet invasion of um, Afghanistan. And um, apparently, well, the quote that was going along in the internet in regards to this image was saying that Ronald Reagan uh, was calling them uh, freedom fighters which I thought was slightly... I, I, I don't know how true that actually is or whether that's something people just picked up on. But again, I'm kind of interested in this, this weird space between fact and fiction and what's true and what isn't um, and how everything kind of gets lumped together, especially in the internet. And so this particular piece came about just with playing around in my studio. And I've called it blowback, which is a term used by the CIA to, I think this kind of to describe the time when 
U.S. foreign policy comes back to basically bite itself. I'd used the image, and it, I think this was one of the first times where I'd, I'd made uh, a sort of assemblage or a sculpture um, without actually incorporating the image itself. And I found that, I felt anyway, I was trying to say the same sort of thing without actually using the image. But I also didn't want to reference this image specifically. I kind of wanted to talk more about a general... Uh, this sort of the general idea behind it really um, so for me there was a lot of this play with particular associations with the with the objects um, I used the light bulb on top doesn't actually light up so it's sort of it doesn't go anywhere it doesn't do anything um, the uh, packaging binding tape for me kind of um, this idea of a, a sort of wrapping or a binding or a constriction, although the way it was placed isn't actually doing that at all. Um, and the carpet underlay is something I actually sourced when I was back in the United States and, and brought over here with me. Um, first of all, because the carpet underlay that I found over here wasn't the same, and it sounds really strange, but the colors weren't as bright, and there was something about this particular uh, carpet underlay when I was in a hardware store in the US that really struck me, so I brought some back. And I think seeing that, and then alongside the image, and some of the other objects got really kind of got me to thinking. Um, and then the mug tree, the sort of, you know, when you call someone a mug, or... <laughs> so I don't want to be too simplistic about it, but these are the kinds of things that I was thinking that I've been thinking about. I suppose like associations between, and then how all those particular associations with an objects, um, and then potentially the images might actually um, add up to create some sort of meaning. Again, this is a, just to talk about in the next piece as well. It's another image I found of um, the Cuban Missile Crisis from the 1960s. Um, and there was a whole series of these reconnaissance photographs that were completely fascinating to me. Um, sort of acting as, as, as evidence, really, um, to whether or not Cuba had, or Russia was stockpiling um, uh, missiles in Cuba, which obviously is just um, off the coast of Florida, the US. Um, so I had this fascination with this image, um, and then printed out, I don't think it's the exact same image, but it's uh, one of the series from this, it's one of the images from this particular series of the reconnaissance photographs, um, and printed it out on acetate, um, and wasn't quite sure what to do with it, and just kind of kept uh, making different arrangements until I sort of came up with this arrangement first before I had the image put with it. And I've titled it Circle the Wagons. It's a phrase, I don't think it's used over here really, I think it's more of an American phrase. Um, but it's, it basically means to stop communicating with people not in your group, um, to avoid their ideas or beliefs. And it's kind of based on the custom of bringing horse-drawn wagons into a circle when they're being attacked. So. Uh, this idea of American sort of expansion through the West. And for me, that kind of tied really nicely as well into this idea of the 
the Cold War and the Cuban Missile Crisis, uh, which was, you know, sort of a big head in that, um, and this idea of us and them. And this is the back of it. But again, sometimes it has to do with the way that the objects are placed or the way that they're placed in the space. Um, I'm kind of interested in, uh, yeah, and how things sort of might read together. I try not to restrict myself too much to where I might find something. Um, so yeah, I've collected, I collect things from charity shops, I collect things off the street that just are just lying around in my path on my way somewhere. Um, and then I also purposely go out into shops. I spend a lot of time in Wilkinson's, I spend a lot of time in Poundland, I spend a lot of time in, uh, was it B&Q, things like that. Um, so I suppose a lot of the materials tend to be um, maybe either industrial or institutional or some kind of cultural detritus and, and again I don't always know what their particular function might be in my work until I get it back and I start maybe yeah putting it together with other things or um, sort of categorizing stuff as well and kind of saying oh, well these maybe these kind of say this sort of thing and these particular objects maybe say this sort of thing. Um, but colour definitely plays a role, and again with this idea of symbols and signs, and um, I'm quite interested in how uh, colour might either add another layer of meaning or can potentially tie the piece together. So this, this was an image of the, I think it was the Potsdam conference? Oh no, it was, it was NATO, it was the first NATO uh, meeting, I think. Yeah, there's a symbol on the floor. Um, but it was an image, again, an image transfer that I did onto wood, and it was kind of had this haunting quality the way that it came out. I wasn't really happy with it at first because I was expecting it to be this really bright, strong image. Um, so I sort of put it aside, um, and then I had to kind of think about it for a while, and I often have to do that with a lot of my materials or objects or images. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, to be honest, I feel that there's a bit of both, so it can be kind of a struggle, because oftentimes I feel like I'm grasping the air and I don't quite know where I'm going. Most of the time I feel um, that I use a sort of what I call informed intuition. Um, so I'm constantly, I'm constantly reading uh, either theoretical stuff or things I find about particular events. Um, so I'm constantly reading and I'm constantly looking at images and then also sort of categorizing my images. Um, and then the same with the objects. And for me, it's like a constant circle, looking at this, reading this, looking at that. Um, and then the playing is kind of where I maybe make those connections. But there's quite a, f quite, it can be quite a tedious process because in order to get to a finished piece. It could take me weeks or something. Yeah, so there's a bit of both. I mean, there might be times where I, I sort of come up with something and I think, oh, that's, you know, that really says a lot of what I say, but actually I'm not sure about that particular uh, object, what its function is, if that's really working, or maybe I need something else. Or, um, 
And then I suppose with these pieces as well, I was kind of really looking at this idea of precarity. So there were quite a few things I was putting together, but they weren't sort of, they didn't have that feeling that they were, that they could potentially topple over at any minute. And I think that's kind of what I was really after as well. So there's all these kind of factors that I was trying to, trying to put together. Um, so this particular piece I was interested in, I suppose in the idea of transparency, because I didn't come to that until after I'd made it. Um, it's from a science fiction novel, and I can't remember what it's called actually, which is really bad of me. <laughs> but again, it, that comes kind of comes from the the constant rooting around and writing things down, and I try and be really good about um, remembering where things come from. But then I can't always, and then sometimes I wonder if actually it really matters. I don't know. Um, but it's from a science fiction novel, and. I think after this, I was kind of thinking about ideas of um, uh, the NSA, Edward Snowden, the sort of WikiLeaks, all that kind of stuff. The, the actual image is, um, I, th I think this was the first UN conference. Um, so I, I double printed it once onto this kind of sheer fabric and then again onto this um, string curtain. But I was really, really wanting it to be obscured, so you, you wouldn't necessarily know from looking at it, obviously, what the image was of, but when you get closer, which I don't think I have a detail now, um, when you get closer to it, you can really make out sort of men sitting around a table with flags or something that looks very formal, so there's this idea of um, meeting. Um, a secrecy, perhaps, or sort of negotiations being uh, negotiations taking place, maybe behind the scenes or something. Um, and the aerial, I found quite a few aerials just laying on the ground. <laughs> Carried them up to university in uh, thunderstorms, which wasn't really a good idea. Um, <laughs> but they, I suppose, they sort of symbolised uh, communication, maybe. Um, to be really basic about it. Uh, I think this is one of the last ones I've got to show. Um, and this quote was, I do remember, this is from a T.S. Eliot poem um, about, well, I think he's talking about war, basically, um, and how in the end of the end of the war, the end of the world will end, not with a bang, but with a whimper. Um, and again, um, I mean, the, the globes, I've actually found at my mother-in-law's house. She had this cracked globe from the 80s sitting there for years. And I would stare at it and go, it's useless, but I love it. I don't know why. And it wasn't until I found these, um, I keep pointing at the screens here, sorry. Uh, it wasn't until I found the plant liners, plant pot liners, the green ones, that something sort of clicked. Because imme immediately when I saw those, I personally thought of them. Um, army helmets, um, and the bed was my son's old bed, so just to give you an idea of the breadth of places where I sort of get my particular objects from when I painted it, um, I had this idea, I suppose I t sometimes I use colour to disrupt an object or to maybe um, change the way 
we look at it. So I think when you get up close to it, you can see probably that it's a bed frame, you know, kind of look, it doesn't really look like a ladder, but I was kind of interested in it having this sort of insinuation of maybe being a ladder. Um, and the flotation device, you know, for children, which isn't actually a flotation device. It wouldn't, it's not regulated for safety use, um, more for play, really. Um, so, but I'm kind of interested in also how people might bring other associations and meanings to a piece. It's sort of open to interpretation. I don't want to close it down too much. And I suppose I tend to use titles maybe as a way of letting people into how I've been thinking about a particular piece or what I've been thinking. Um, uh, in this piece, I found a load of 35 millimeter slides on eBay that were that was titled um, "Dictators of the World." <laughs> I went, oh, I've got to have this. <laughs> so this is Fidel Castro in Cuba, um, and again another aerial that I found. Yeah, and I think this particular piece I feel is somehow sort of leading on to what I'm maybe trying to do at the moment, or, or the things I've been thinking about at the moment. Because um, I've kind of gone through phases of maybe space themes, explorations, um, and then particular kinds of politics, terrorism. So I try not to limit myself too much, but I do find that I tend to go into these little pockets of uh, particular things. <laughs> 